we've been talking about, our theme this month has been happy. What, what does the world think is happiness? How does God define happiness? And we see that it's kind of polar opposite. If you want to ride the roller coaster, I'm happy, I'm sad, um, I'm energetic, I'm depressed, I'm up, I'm down, I'm up, I'm down. Well, then you can follow the world's ways and ride that roller coaster. Or God just says, hey, you can be happy no matter what. Well, today we got a guest speaker. It just so happens to be my absolute favorite guest speaker to have here at Freedom. And you're here for, it's special because this doesn't happen very often. This is like, like the second or third time in our existence this has happened. My wife, Rita, is going to be coming and sharing a message with you that she gave this past summer um, at the Gideon's International Conference. We were, we were fortunate enough, Rita and I got asked to go to Dallas, Texas, and uh, uh, speak to college-age students at the Gideon's International. So students from every continent except for Australia, and um, we got to meet them and spend time with them, and Rita shared this message on baggage that we carry and how we even the smallest amount that we carry along with us uh, weighs us down over time. And so when we were talking about joy and happiness, I'm like, oh, babe, they have got to hear this. this is, you're going to get something that's very practical, but also something that's very challenging and encouraging. A couple other things, and then I'll, I'll let her talk and I'll get off the stage. Uh, Rita has a passion for the outdoors, and so she's going to share an adventure that she um, uh, took this past summer and kind of relay that on. So you get not only her passion for the outdoors and adventure, but she is also a, a licensed therapist, and she is phenomenal um, in the one-on-one -on -one setting. If, if you've ever had the chance, I, I, like I'm married to her, and she's my wife before she's my counselor, but she's extremely wise. So many times I'm like, I need help. I need something now, not 10 weeks from now. I need something now. And then, boom, here's something. And I can use, and more times than not, if I'm willing to take a very challenging step, it works. And so I'm like, babe, we got to get them in the room and share this message. So um, my favorite speaker coming to you to share with you a little bit of wisdom. Please give my wife, Rita Brake, a round of applause. Thanks. Thank you for coming and sharing with us. You're and I can do that. Welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, got my, got my voice track there. All right, hello, everybody. Yeah, like, I want to repeat what Mike said. Good job getting, getting out of your bed this morning because, oh, such a cush day. I was like, really, God? This would have been the perfect day to sleep in and stay in my bed. So I left my bed unmade because I am planning on diving right back into it shortly after this. Okay, so this um, last summer, I got invited to go on this amazing canyoneering trip. And before, six months ago, eight months ago, I didn't even know what canyoneering was. I love to rock climb outside, and one of my friends I climb with said, why don't you come canyoneering with us in Zion National Park? And I was like, what's that? So it is a combination of rock climbing, down climbing, hiking, rappelling, bushwhacking, where the crap are we, is that a Karen, the floodwaters are coming, let's go. That's what it is. It's an adventure. So I said that sounds like the trip of a lifetime, I'd love to go. I was also terrified because as much as I love rock climbing, I really am not a fan of heights. So I, being the good therapist to myself, I was like, this is exposure therapy, Rita. 
This is perfect. We're going to go. It will become less scary because you're going to put yourself in a scary environment and then it won't be so scary. Well, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> but I started to prepare for this trip. So I wanted to show you a couple of pictures because the very first day that we went, that's what I'm going to be talking about today. That's when I had this private counseling session with myself on what is in my bag? Why is this so heavy? Why am I dying? Why am I not in better shape? Why are we not there yet? Why are these people my friends? What? <laughs> I can't believe they, they said this was going to be fun. <laughs> so the first one we went up is, this is the beginning path to something called Angel's Landing. Okay? So this is the beginning of a 12-hour adventure. And it, it didn't seem that bad, right? Where it got bad was over the, and I knew this was coming. I read a book on this very specific thing that we were going to do. I knew we were going to gain 2,000 elevation in the first two to three hours. I knew it. I knew that my gear weighed 30 to 40 pounds plus a rope, a couple of ropes, right? Well, 30 pounds, this does not weigh 30 pounds because I'm not ever doing that again, but um, <laughs> 30, pound, 30 pounds on flat ground, if you have any kind of, you know, outdoor stuff, it's, it's really not that bad. It really isn't. As long as you're walking flat and long and you have good shoes, and it's really not that bad. But when you start walking up something like this, it seems fine. Even the people, the, you know, the people who were leading me through it, they, um, of course, gave me the first round of carrying the rope. And the first 15 minutes in, they're like, you good? I'm like, yeah. And in my head, I was thinking, it's not that bad. My friend actually said those words out loud. And she was like, yeah, it's not even that bad. And they look back like this, hmm, let me know what you think at the top. <laughs> so we're, you know, an hour in, and this thing, you are, you are you're hiking so straight up that if you do not lean forward with your body, your baggage will just carry you to an early grave because you are going to roll down these. So also, you can just kind of flip through some of these pictures. I just wanted to show you how beautiful it is. You get to the top of this thing and you think that's the top. It's not. It's not the top. There's more. <laughs> and so every step that I'm taking with my bag, I'm thinking, how could this not be the top? Because I went for this. This is the fun stuff. This beautiful rock that comes so close. There are, there are parts that this rock comes so close together that you can only get through this narrow of a path. That's why part of that park is called the Narrows, is because it gets so thin that you have to be able to fit through there with all of your baggage. This is what I went for. I went for the adventure. I went for the rappel. Um, that, was, that one was like 150 feet. I went for that. I thought that was the exposure. It wasn't scary because I was so tired. I would have sat down. You could throw me over a 1,000-foot cliff. Just let me sit down. I was so tired. As I finished this hike, come crawling out of this canyon, I'm just like, I'm never doing this again. This is, this is too hard. This is too much. Why? 
why did I do it? I'm like holding it together because I don't want to cry in front of everybody. The very next morning, I take my backpack because I already canceled the next day. I was like, you fools can go wherever you want. I'm not going. <laughs> I will join you maybe, maybe in two days, but I'm dead. It hurts to be alive right now. That's how much it hurts. So they um, actually all canceled their day two, which was very validating for the newbie because they were dead too. The very next morning, I, my back, I am just like, <laughs> I am shaking it. There's pockets everywhere. I emptied every, every single thing because I cannot possibly need everything in this bag. It's a fire cell. Everything must go. I, I took every single thing out. The only thing I found that I did not absolutely need or, you know, with this kind of adventure, you, you need some backups. So absolutely need or sort of might need. This thing, bug spray. This is the only thing that I found that was going to get to stay behind. So for the next adventure, I just doused my whole body in bug spray and left for the day. That was the only thing. But over these next couple days of adventure, my conversations with God, my conversations with myself was about this, was about what is in your bag. And I'm gonna, I've stolen these words, the hurts, habits, and hangups from Celebrate Recovery. Because this is a beautiful program that can help you to really figure out what is making these things up and so if that's something you're interested in, we got Robert and Andy right here in the front who are going to wave their hands. They would love to tell you all about, they have a small group on Thursday nights that can help you with that. And it's not just about all the hot topics that you would think it's about. I, I, it's just like therapy. There's nobody I've met that could not benefit from it. It's, you may not need it, but all the other people who are going because you won't go, you know, that it might be something like that. So what is in our bag? Today, I'm going to walk you through a little bit of what might be in your bag. So you have a note card, and I would encourage you to write these things down of success, habits, hurts, hang-ups. You can write it however you want. Um, if you need a pen, here's a pen, and somebody will walk around with these to pass them out if you need it. As I'm speaking, I just encourage you to be open to the idea of what is in your bag, okay? If we get done here today and you're like, I'm happy with my baggage, keep it. Try to keep it in your like radius over there, but keep it if you really, really want it, right? At the very least, I'm asking you to please acknowledge it, good or bad, what is it doing? Okay, so these are just notes for you. The first thing that came to mind was success, right? It's not all negative stuff. Sometimes it's the success in our lives that can really weigh us down because how could I ever live up to what I've already done? Can I keep this going? Is this sustainable? The other thing is with success, pride goes both ways, right? We often think of pride of like, look at me, look how great I am. Well, you know what else is also is pride? Look at me, nobody likes me, everybody hates me. Both of them, I'm sorry to crush your bubble here, but they're both pride, because they're both about me. 
me, 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 me. It's a song that gets old really quickly. The other thing with success is get, if you get easily offended, just get prepared as the first of many offensive things, is I'm going to teach you to not should on yourself. I should have done this. I shouldn't have done it that way. I should be able to carry 40 pounds for 12 hours with no problem. I should be able to do this. I should be able to get my kids from here to there without questioning, should I really have been a mother? <laughs> I should be able to, right? We spend so much time shooting on ourselves. Oh, it's heavy. It's exhausting. That's the first one. So what do we do about that? We're going to apply this first verse, Hebrews 12.1. Let us throw off everything that hinders us, everything that hinders, and the sin that so easily entangles. Everything, right? This is just a discovery lesson today of what's in there, what's in my bag, what's serving me well, what's not serving me well. Maybe the success that holds you down or the pride that holds you down is my family doesn't do this. My family doesn't struggle with this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that might be the thing your family struggles with right there, that sentence. <laughs> okay. So it is, what is it there, right? My, my kids could be like, oh, we're good with God. My parents work for God. My kids are on their own. I'm on my own. There is no borrowed faith. You can't borrow it. This faith is yours and yours alone. You've got to figure that out for yourself. It doesn't matter who your daddy is. It really doesn't. Next thing is hurts. Oh, man. First lesson is don't fight people who are not in the room. What story have you created about this? Somebody says something to me, somebody looks at me a certain way, I'm off to the races in my head of, they hate me, they think they're better than this. If they are not in the room, don't have a conversation with them, right? Here's your rule for baggage. It's gonna be really blunt, but really easy. Bring it up or put it down. Hurts, bring it up or put it down. And I don't mean to be dismissive to your hurts. Remember what I do for a living? I know, I know your stories. And if you knew some people's stories, you would be proud of them. And if I knew your story, I would be proud of you. I really would. People impress the crap out of me daily. I'm impressed that you still have a pulse. I'm impressed that you walk around. I'm impressed that you have um, figured out a way to put some of this stuff that's weighing you down. I am impressed. But on a day-to-day -day basis, right, these hurts, bring it up or put it down. Those are your options. This will kill your soul. Hebrews 12, 15 says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Now, yes, for you scholars, I am very much taking this out of context but it still applies to what we have to do here today. There are so many times that I have, I could tell you on a calendar when I forgave somebody. This is the day that I said, no more, I put this down. 
two years later, something happens. And it triggers it of, oh, I'm mad all over again at the very same person. I have to immediately come here of, this cannot take root in my heart. That's why for me, I have to bring it up with you or put it down. Give it to God, give it to the other person, but don't keep it in your backpack. It's so heavy and it stinks and it grows roots and that bitterness just goes to everybody around you. It's impossible to fake your way out of that. Then we've got habits. All right, so for habits, this is like, um, Mike was talking about this last week. He said something like your habits, maybe your choices become habits and your habits become character traits, right? So with your habits, you want to look at what is just not serving me well here. There may have been something that served you really well in one season, right? For me in one season of my life, and a lot of seasons of my life actually, anger served me very well. It does not serve me well in my close relationships, because I'm good at it. I'm quick. I'm going to win. There's just no, no, there's no, if there was a winner, it's me, because there's blood on the floor. I don't know how to play fair. I really don't. I can't play at all. That's a bad habit that I have to own that I have to say, I can't go here at all. We can have a conversation in these um, parameters, but my habit is to play dirty. My habit is to say, remember, that's part of my gifting. If I sit down with you, my gifting is like, here's your greatest insecurity right here. Let's talk about it. Why'd you like to be married to that? <laughs> it's a little traumatizing, I'm sure. So instead, we want to go to Hebrews 12:11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Okay, habits, they take training. You have to be disciplined. If I tried to repel down a 150, 200-foot cliff after I had hiked for seven hours, I would have died. You just, it's not something you just pick up and like, I'm sure it'll be fine. No, you have to train. You have to know how to sign, you have to know how to tie a very specific knot or you're gonna leave your $300 rope there because it's not coming down. You have to know how to tie a very special knot that when you pull it down, the rope and your stuff comes with you. Otherwise, it's there for life. So when it comes to our habits, we have to apply discipline. These things don't come for free. These bad habits, you know, and Mike turned it around just like that for you last week of these are our choices, these are our habits, this is who I've become. It's the same thing for the positive. These are my choices, these are my habits, this is who I've become. I don't know any naturally generous people. Have you ever met like a little tiny child? It's like, yes, here are all of my things. Would you like this one or this one? There's some. But what do they mostly say? Mine. Mine, right? It's a natural thing. We have the discipline to say, hey, it's actually fun to share. I love to see you in this. Oh, that looks better on you. Keep it. It's a, it's a discipline. But it is not 
fun and it's not easy. And so it is steps in the right direction that will become a habit, that will become new character traits. All right, on to hangups. All right. This one, we get to step outside of Hebrews. 1 Peter 5.8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a lion, looking for someone to devour. All right, so be alert and of sober mind. So sober mind is not about, it's not just about being intoxicated on drugs or alcohol. Guess what else is intoxicating? Emotions, yes, thank you. Emotions are super intoxicating. Super intoxicating. And I'm a fan of emotions, but emotions don't get to drive the car. If my anxiety was driving this morning, it would not have driven me here. No. <laughs> it would have kept me in my bed. They, they, I need them there. They're excellent, excellent messengers. They help us so much, they just can't drive. A fire in a fireplace, fantastic. A fire outside your fireplace in your house, just burn your house down. That's my anger. My anger motivates me. My anger motivates me to do good things. My anger motivates me to help other people stand up for themselves. My anger sends me lots of messages, mess messages about, hmm, we're gonna need another boundary here. <laughs> we're gonna, this person can't even, this person can't even be in that area. They can't respect offense, they can't be there. But the same thing, right? My anger can either help keep the house warm, maybe cook us more, or my anger is just going to burn your house down probably with you in it. So useful, yes. It cannot drive the car. No way. Um, oh yes, hangups. A real pet peeve of mine is when people say, that's just who I am. That's just the way I am. Oh man, makes me feel so insane. <laughs> Because <laughs> it makes me want to say, oh, let me go get just who I am. I've got her tied up back here. She would love to have a conversation with you. All right. So for everybody, I put it out there of like, please examine that. Specifically for followers of Christ, that is crap. Christ did not die for you to be just who you are. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Walk worthy of the calling that you have been chosen for. I need you to grow up. I really, really do. Your families do too. These hurts, these habits, these hangups, you are bleeding all over people who did not cut you. That's not fair. It is not fair what happened to you. Not at all. Absolutely not. We could blame all day long. I'll even let you blame your parents until you're 30. I upped it. I upped it from 25. I, sound, I saw new evidence and I was like, mm, all right. We'll give, them, we'll give them another five years. But blame, oh man, you're never going to run out of somebody to blame. There's always somebody to blame. I need you to take responsibility. Not for what happened to you, but for what you're going to do with it. A lot of this baggage, I didn't put it in there. I did 
did not put it in my bag. Somebody else stuffed that stuff in there, right? But it is my responsibility to say, oh, there's a pocket. Oh, it's another bag inside a bag. <laughs> there's another pocket. Well, there's a little secret pocket up here. What could that possibly be for? Why would I need that? It's my responsibility to know what is in my bag. It really is. And I personally think that this is what limits us from taking our next step with Christ, right? At Freedom Church, we're big on what is the next step? What's your next step with Christ? If you are so weighed down, I don't know why I can't move, Rita. I don't know. Well, might have something to do with this guy. You don't even have to put it down. There, there could be plenty of things in there serving you well. I'm saying, do you know what's in there? Are you willing to look at it? It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to sit in emotion and figure out, I'm not sure why that frustrated me, or I'm not sure why um, I feel the need to be so controlling. I'll give you your first two plans, right? But do you really need seven more plans after that? What's that about? It probably has something to do with, if I could just control this, this is the only thing I might be able to control. I'm saying it's crushing you. I'm saying it's limiting where you wanna go. When I had to, after you bushwhack your way through these different areas, and that last picture where it was like, beautiful cliff and ravine through there. I'm maneuvering down giant 15-foot boulders, right? And you know what would have made it a lot easier going from this boulder, trying to hang on with little tiny fingertips, putting my foot down to almost there, almost, almost there. It would have been a lot easier without this thing on. It would have been so much easier. It would have been so much easier. And the thing is, you can train, you can have strengths, you can do these things, and then life will happen, right? It was, it was not heavy until we started going up, 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 up. It was not heavy until the eight-hour day turned into a 12-hour day. So you have to look at it while you're on flat, solid ground. So when somebody dies, it doesn't come springing to the top. So when your spouse makes a bad choice, it doesn't come springing to the top. It's not that heavy until life is just pushing you down. You gotta know what's in there. So, as you take this paper, I want you to start to examine it, and I want you to turn it over to God. This has been a very, very powerful prayer in my life. Psalms 139, 23 through 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. I ask that you would apply that 
to whatever came to mind or did not come to mind here, we apply this. There have been plenty of times where I have felt stuck in an emotion or in a season, and I have went and I have paid a professional to tell me, hey, what's this about? They couldn't tell me. I couldn't tell myself. I was stuck. And this prayer entered my life of, God, we're about to move forward in this decision, but it doesn't feel quite right. I need to know. I need a direct download from you of what's stopping me, what's holding me back. And on more than one occasion, it's been a direct download of, it's this. This is why you're afraid. This is why you're still angry. This is why it hurts so much. When you ask yourself, why, 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 and you just don't know, take it to an all-knowing God, right, who can cut through the lies I have told myself for years. I didn't even know it was a lie. You lie to yourself so long, you don't even know it's a lie anymore. You need an external source, right, that could be like, I think it's because of this. <laughs> it might have something to do with this. And being soft enough, right, to hear that. That's really why I'm here today, is because I'm trying to stay soft enough. <laughs> because if you can't, like, as soon as Mike sent the email of like, hey, blah, 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 think you could do it, I was like, nope. I was, uh, and he asked me at work, too. I was like, not a good space to be asking me to do hard things. But then I was like, I know, I hear you. He only, he only sent the email. He knows better to ask me than to ask me again. Right? He knew God would get me. And it was. I said yes because I have to stay soft to God wanted me to say this for somebody, for some reason. I, I don't want to, right? But it's that idea of being quick to hear from him. When he says, hey, that person needs some money. Really? Instead of being like, what about this? Well, they're going to do this with that money. And well, no, it's not my job. Here you go. Here's five bucks. Go pray for that person. What? That's so weird, God. What are they going to? Maybe they're not a believer. They're going to go do it. Like, oh, I fight hard. Not perfect by any means, right? But fight very hard to listen to that tiny voice because if you can't listen to him in the little things, oh my gosh, good luck when he says, guess what's next? <laughs> Mike's going to tell you later this week he wants to start a church. That's got to be wrong. <laughs> Check it again. Check it again. Uh, I want to close with a song that... I have prayed over every single one of those cards. Every single one of those little white cards has this prayer on it, that you would have a breakthrough, that you would be able to acknowledge what these things are. And I could tell you from somebody who has had some practice putting some things down, it is worth it. It is painful. It is uncomfortable. Ugh, I avoid it. Mike's like, hey, you want to go to a marriage conference? I'm like, no. <laughs> Why? We're doing good. Like, that, they're going to bring up stuff that we got to talk about if we do that. No, I don't want to go. <laughs> my, one of my very first counselors, um, 
they would see me walking down the street and they'd be like, why are you avoiding me? I'm like, just stay away from me, man. <laughs> I'm still working on the last thing that we talked about. It is a worth it. It is a worthy fight and it will free you up to take your next step with Christ, right? This church is not about Mike. God strike us down now if it is. This church is not about me. This church is not even about us. This church is about giving people an opportunity to know that there's a God who's in love with them. That is made away. It has to be about that, but our lives can't be about that if we're so weighed down. If I am so, if I was still carrying this stuff, well, there's no way I'd be standing here. There's no way I could have a conversation with you. I'm too hurt to care about you. I'm too stuck in my own stuff to even see that you're bleeding. Take a look at it. Let this song speak over you. Let it pierce through, you know, the six-foot wall that I had around my heart to say, what, God, what do I need to put down? And what's my next step? Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.